Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On NHL Tuesday edition. Today, we are talking all about the Western Conference and the plague of injuries going around. And, of course, we do have to talk about the Shane Wright saga here on Locked On NHL. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On NHL. I'm your usual host, Jess Belmosto, and today I am joined by Seth from Locked On Wild. Seth, how are you doing today? Doing great. Uh, Always enjoy the opportunity to showcase the now Minnesota-renowned beard on uh, the Locked On NHL show, so uh, happy to be here. Yes, thank you so much for coming to hang out with me today. Brett is on vacation, and we're just going to talk all about injuries, some Shane Wright stuff, and our usual game to watch for the week. And uh, make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NHL wherever you're getting your podcasts. And of course, over on YouTube, where you can just hang out and be kind in the comments. But (laughs) injuries aren't being too kind to people here on really throughout the entire NHL, but, you know, this is the Western Conference show. So should we start with the big one? Yeah, we can, uh, we can kind of go down the list, I guess, in terms of severity of the, uh, the injuries that we've seen. And I mean, I can throw in a couple of unknowns on the wild perspective too. Definitely. So Jamie Drysdale of the Anaheim Ducks is set to miss four to six months with a Torn labrum. Ow, first of all. <laughs> Secondly, what do you, to you, what is your initial reaction based on how us at the network kind of ranked the Ducks this season? You know, it's funny because I don't know if anybody expected the Ducks to start as slowly as they mm-hmm. have this season. You've got one of the bright stars in the NHL and Trevor Zegris and continuing to just be awesome. I, I will never get an opportunity to say enough good things about what Trevor Zegris is doing for the NHL. And so you have him, you've got some other really nice pieces to that mix for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked that well so far this year. And up until they ran into the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, that's another story, but (laughs) You look at it, and Drysdale was, I think, one of those pieces that they were putting into the mix, played pretty much an entire season last year, really kind of got his got his game put together last year. And so you're hoping to see him be able to build on that this year, but now not going to be able to play for the rest of the season, most likely four to six months, I think, is the official timetable. And so in that instance, you just have to take, you know, every bit of the development that you'd hoped to see, and you have to push it ahead by a year. So now not only is Drysdale next year going to have to try to get himself back into playing shape, get himself acclimated to playing at the NHL level, 
you're then going to have to wait once that's done, then you can start to go back to some of the development stuff. Absolutely. And I think that that's just kind of been one of the weird concerns about, you know, the last two, three, well, I guess this draft class as well has been, you know, the development and the pause in, you know, a lot of collegiate leagues as well as other, you know, um, junior leagues. But, you know, what happens when you finally get, you know, a nice full season underneath you and then pretty much out the gate you're you're benched again and that's that is quite unfortunate for him and the um and the ducks well and there's there's the mental aspect of it Mm -hmm. too come when he eventually is ready to come back to the ice you know that kind of thing sticks with you until the first instance if it's a knee injury the first time you do something to where you have to rely on that repaired knee or ankle, or any part of your body. You have kind of a mental block in your head as to, okay, I I need to be able to do this. Am I going to be able to do it? And right. so these are all just the things that go into any sort of long-term injury. And so for Drysdale, first and foremost, you hope he's able to recover fully. And then after that, get back to where he was at in his development, which it's just, especially for young players, for any player, but for young players especially, it's just so unfortunate um, to see that kind of thing happen. Absolutely. And especially with a team that is, you know, up and coming and hopeful as the Ducks. And you, you just want good things to happen. They, like, it's just been so hard for them to see them take flight and be successful. But we do have more injuries, unfortunately. Uh, would you like to share what's been going on in kind of in Minnesota and kind of? Yeah, so break, we got a couple break some news, but well, it's wait. just a couple of dinged up players. We had uh, Ryan Hartman in Sunday's game against Chicago. Tried to fight uh, the just a few inches shorter than Zdeno Chara. And Hartman is not 6'6". And so he basically is being held at arm's length. And then he ends up getting pushed to the ice. He lands awkwardly. And it looks like he was favoring his wrist. So everybody that covers the team is like, oh, that's not good. I haven't heard an update uh, for what it's worth. He, according to Michael Russo after the game, didn't have any sort of a brace or anything. So he was – and he was – talking to I think he was talking to the trainer and a couple of members of the team after the game so it's not anything pressing enough to where he was like taken out of the arena to go get checked out so that's hopefully a good sign and then Marcus Foligno didn't play on Sunday either I I'm gonna be honest I don't know what the injury with Foligno could be because watched him play on Saturday watched him play throughout the course of the road trip and didn't see anything that really stood out. So just some guys getting dinged up after the end of a long five-game road trip. Uh, the Wild did make a roster move to accommodate for some of that, but that's because they just played two games this week. And then they head out on the road again. So my guess is they just want a body here and mm-hmm. will reassess once they get to where we're going on the road again. Yes. And that's the fun part of all of this is that you just get to reassess and reevaluate and see how things go. 
Uh, speaking of Chicago, Seth Jones is out for about a month with a thumb injury. He ended up blocking a shot in the second period in a game against the Sabres, and he ended up finishing the game with nearly 24 minutes as uh, his time on ice. Ow. I think that that's, you know, a fair assessment there. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I Blocked shots are always kind of, I, I don't want to say scary, but they're definitely intimidating injuries because you don't know. I mean, I wouldn't want to stop a slap shot with any part of my body. Um, but, you know, I think that this is kind of a tough hit for Chicago, obviously losing their top defenseman, but it's only a month. Yeah, he'll be able to come back from it. And, you know, you, you talk about sustaining the injury and continuing the game. Thank God for adrenaline. Like, Yeah, that's what he said in his interview, too. He was like, yeah, it was the adrenaline that got me through the game. That's it. Boy, oh, boy, because depending on where you took that puck, there are some real tender spots on that thumb. And so, you know, not uh, not ideal. But the thing I think with losing Jones is, and the Wilds got a chance to see this on Sunday, that decor has some good pieces, but overall it's not really a world beater with uh, without Jones there at the top, and it may not be a world beater with him even in the lineup, but still, you want your top players to play, and so for a Chicago team that has come out of the gate and has surprised a lot of people, having him in the lineup helps. Having him out is going to hurt them, but I think if it were a blow on offense, it would be more it would be harder for them to overcome it if it was like Patrick Kane or somebody as opposed to Seth Jones. Yeah, absolutely. And we saw them kind of struggle when Jonathan Taves was out with his um, immune system injury illness. So, you know, again, it's, it's just a month and it's unfortunate, but like Seth and I were talking before the show, it is, it's still early. And I guess if you're, going to have a month off this is the time to do it and that way you still can get back into the swing of things uh before I feel like things really kick up and kick off and take off for the season but the least concerning injury if you want to call it that for this week is Jake Ottinger in Dallas he is going to be reevaluated in a week he left the uh, Rangers game on Saturday and basically the general manager said, we'll reevaluate him. That's, that's all you can do. Yeah. And you know, it's concerning too, because he, he took himself out of the game, like to the point where he said, "I, I can't do it. And so it's, it's interesting because you go with like the, the ranking, the severity of these injuries and Ottinger obviously, is the one that's going to hopefully lead to the least amount of time missed. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a tough one for them, especially if he misses a couple of games because Scott Wedgwood so far this year has not looked great. And so you're throwing him in. You really have to then try to win more high scoring games in the meantime, because I think Wedgwood's goals against average is just under five in his, uh, his time so far. So, 
you got to hope that it's it's going to be a week, maybe two at the most. But yeah, that's that's going to be a big blow for Dallas if he if he ends up getting reevaluated and misses any length of time. That's a big one. Absolutely. And I said this on my show earlier today, you know, like I feel like the Stars defense will have to play at an even higher level because, you know, you're comfortable with Jake Ottinger behind you and you can say, oh, you know, like, yeah, of course I want to stop the puck. But if something does get through, you have Jake Ottinger there. Yeah. And the way he had been playing to start the season, it's one of those where you can have a really good goalie to bail out your defense. Mm -hmm. But like you said, they're going to have to flip it now and they're going to need the good defense to bail out Scott Wedgwood. It's much like what we saw from the wild early on in the season. You need that good defense to bail out those goalies. And uh, we'll see if Wedgwood is up to the task. Yeah, and then they don't even have enough cap space to call up Anton Hudobin, so they had to sign a, a different Matt Murray to an entry-level <laughs> contract to have him because what is the cap space situation? And it's, it is what it is there, but I, I said after the first round, Dallas would regress this year just based on patterns that I have kind of seen from them in terms of making the playoffs and then just spiking and up and down. But I hope this isn't the first domino to fall for them uh, in terms of that downward spiral. I think that the, the youth is on Jake Ottinger's side here. Everyone else on the team, not so much, but. Yeah, it's, it's tricky. And in just looking at the central division, it felt like Dallas was the one who had the longest shot to mm-hmm. get all of those guys who had career seasons to do it again. You know, you had Nashville, you got the wild, you've got St. Louis, all those teams. It felt like were safer bets to have those guys that had their best seasons ever come close to that. Yeah. Because I just, if you're, if you're going to say that you need Jamie Ben or Tyler Sagan to like go nuts Good luck with that. Yeah. I, you have a better chance of starting fire underwater at that <laughs> point. Because there's just, I just, there's, there's no way there. I just, I no. Yeah. It's not going to happen. No, it's not. But coming up next, we are going to talk about Shane Wright and some Marco Rossi uh, potential drama. I, we don't do drama, we do, and we don't do soap operas. This is hockey. But, of course, we're here to fill you in. But before we do that, let me tell you about our friends at Simply Safe. If you've ever thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On NHL listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report for the third year in a row. In an emergency, 24/7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology to exclusively uh, for exclusively Simply Safe customers to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real. 
so you can get priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save on the only security system that I would recommend. Get 50% off on all on any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash NHL today. That this is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Seth, where can people find your podcast when they're not tuning in to Lockdown NHL? You're going to want to go to Lockdown Wilds. It's it's nice. We got all the socials to just be Lockdown Wild. So you can find us on any platform, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Also, your favorite podcast platforms. And then on YouTube as well. Uh, make sure you tune in and subscribe so you don't miss out on any coverage of your favorite team here in the state of hockey. I know the Avalanche said it, that they're the state of hockey. Minnesota's the state of hockey. I would have to agree. Minnesota's pretty neat. And you have a professional women's hockey team, and Colorado doesn't. So, sorry, Colorado. What on earth is going on in Seattle right now? You know, it's it's dicey because Seattle is a really fun team. Shout out mm-hmm. to our colleague, uh, Erica L. Ayala. Real fun hockey team. They got Maddie Beneers, who is probably going to win the Calder this year. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's a great team. I love what they're doing. They got to do something with Shane Wright because I, I understand there are two sides to this. On the one side, you want to make sure that Shane Wright is playing, is getting an opportunity to develop and Mm -hmm. grow. He's not going to do that sitting on the bench. So you got to get him in somewhere. On the coaching side of it, I can understand. I would imagine they want to see a little bit more from him to crack the lineup. But the Wilds, had this issue early on with Marco Rossi, and they're still kind of working through it to where he was a healthy scratch after the uh, the first three games of the season went terribly wrong. At the end of the day, you got to just let these guys get into the lineup and mm-hmm. run with the expectation that they are not going to be perfect. They're going to make some mistakes. They're going to have some growing pains, but they're not going to learn how to play at the NHL level by just sitting on the bench. Like you got to get them into the game or you have to just, you got to let them go back down to the AHL, let them just dominate for the entire season, getting 25 minutes a night. Right. There really isn't an in-between. You got to give them the opportunity to figure it out or send them down. Those are the two options. And the thing with sending him down is that he doesn't need waivers. So you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about someone coming to snatch him up. But he hasn't even cracked 10 minutes through through five games. He has, I think the highest was like eight minutes and 42 seconds, which I mean, I don't think that that is right for a player of his caliber that you want to develop that everyone number one is excited to watch and excited to come to games for but 
you want to eventually have that veneers and write one-two punch. Why are you wasting time and not letting him at least get in some, you know, bottom six, middle six minutes? Like, there's no, there's no reason for him to not be getting that. And I was reading uh, a tweet earlier from, I forget who it was, but the coach, uh, Dave Haxall, had said, oh, well, he's working on some stuff off the ice. Oh, okay. Like, what does that mean? Is he doing arts and crafts? What, what are, two things can coexist. He can do, like, I would assume they do, like, media training and, like, personal development on top of professional development in terms of him just playing hockey. But for him to be scratched in all three games where his family had flown in from across the country, that's a different level of disrespect. Yeah, and we're we're not talking about – because I know on the coaching side of things – coaches are measured by wins and losses in every sport. And so mm-hmm. I can understand if you are a team that is kind of on the fringe and is like, look, we got to make the playoffs this year or I'm probably going to lose my job. And am I going to put that on a rookie or a proven NHL player who? am I going to put that on them to get the job done? Or am I going to put it on a rookie? You're going to go with the veteran player pretty much every time, but Seattle is not that Seattle is not like a fringe playoff team. They are on hopefully on the, the way back up after kind of a step back after their expansion draft. But this is not a team that is going to fight for a spot in the Pacific division or in the Western conference playoffs. You have to maximize development, 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 development. I will scream that until I'm blue in the face because I feel like so many players don't reach their potential because they have these old school coaches that don't understand that you just don't fly out there and become... You know, you're, you don't reach your full potential in two games. But I'm just, I'm really interested to see what happens next. I, I'm i sure Shane, right, isn't happy. I can only imagine how. I know Erica know. isn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm actually talking to her after we record. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh. To hearing from her about this because it is just it's it's mind-boggling why you wouldn't play him and I understand like there's there's some forward depth in Seattle now compared to where there were where they were last year but this doesn't feel like that doesn't feel like a real excuse no and the comments about it too are weird because I think Hackstall at, at some point here over the last week was asked about it and whether or not they were going to send him down or keep him up and they said well we'd like to keep him up for the entirety of the year it's like then do something it, with him keep him up in the lineup right like 
you are doing the organization a disservice if you keep him up and you don't play him. That is, it's so foolish. It is so unfortunate. Well, yeah, just... and the whole thing, it's its like you have a player on your roster, and I just i don't understand why you wouldn't want to at least know because the odds of him not panning out mm-hmm. are low, but why would you go through an entire season and be like, geez, you know, we, we really don't know what we've got with him, so this year we're going to have to try to see. Play him. If it works out, you've got Beneers, you've got Wright, and we, we, I think we're all expecting that it will. But it's just so much better to know and have that ease, that peace of mind of, hey, we've got two really good players to build this team around. As opposed to next year, it's like, we know Matty Beneers is a stud. We don't know what we have in Shane Wright. I just, I can't imagine going through a full year and just doing this again. Right. And then, so I imagine that he just, he, you know, he shows up to the practice facility and however they announce, you know, the scratches or whatever. And he's probably just like, okay, see my name. Like what, what's the point? Why, like, why am I even here? I'm just going to sit in my suit up on, you know, up in the press box. What am I, what is my reward for any of this? Like he probably took a hit to the ego and confidence when he dropped from number one to number four. And now the team that believed in him is just scratching him. They're not yeah. using him. And this is this is the instance where you see the general manager come in and be like, you're going to play him. Like, yeah. You're not going to just, he's not going to sit the whole year. So I don't know if those conversations have already happened. But I would imagine that at a particular point, Ron Francis is going to come into Haxtell's office and is going to say, let me see your lineup card for today's game. So I'm going to make some changes. It's got to be coming soon if it hasn't already happened. Um, The Flames play Seattle tomorrow, and I I don't know. I I don't know what... um... (laughs) <laughs> what to expect from that because I don't know it feels wrong not to have you know veneers and Shane Wright well especially what's supposed to be such a huge part of your future like right if you have a brand new car sitting in the driveway you want you want to know that it works properly and that everything everything runs smoothly it does it has all the bells and whistles everything mm-hmm. you want as opposed to just letting it sit in the driveway for months and then you go to start it and it doesn't work. And you're like, how did this happen? What's happening here? So yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Some self uh, reflection might be important here for coaching. And hopefully this is one of those opportunities for the general manager to step in and be like, you're going to play him. Or yeah. that that hot seat's gonna get cranked up a little bit. Maybe. Please do it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that. And of course, you know, go listen to Erica at Locked On Kraken. She's fantastic and can't say enough good things about her. Uh coming up next, we are going to wrap up with our game of the week. 
or I guess games of the week because there's two of us. So make sure you stick around. And as always, thank you all for tuning into Locked On NHL. Uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube. And just make sure you're subscribed. We're here for you Monday through Friday. Who doesn't love a good group? We're all a good bunch of people over here. So just, just support us, please. <laughs> every like, every subscription. Every comment, even if you dislike a video, it still helps us. So, But don't do that. Be nice. <laughs> Be nice, please. <laughs> We're trying to encourage more positivity here on the internet, especially in like the hockey Twitter universe. But ahead of today's show, I sent you the outline and I said, game of the week, just something, something good to watch or something that might be very lopsided. Who do you have? So I'm going to do... I've, I've got two games that I've oh. got uh, narrowed in on, and they are both for Thursday night. Okay. We're starting with Bruins Rangers. Bruins are off to a torrid start. Wild had a chance to, uh, to contend with them uh, to start off their road trip. Ended up losing in overtime with like 10 seconds left in the OT period. And the Wild also lost to the New York Rangers to start the year. That didn't go well. Uh, these are two really good teams, storied traditions for both of them. And, you know, you can't beat the like old school franchises going toe to toe, especially this early in the season. So that one, a hundred percent is uh, is on my list. And this is where I'm thankful that you get the uh, the multicast. So I'll have the uh, I'll have crack and wild on one TV. And then I will have uh, Bruins Rangers and also one of the surprises to start the season, the New Jersey Devils taking on the Edmonton Oilers. That's what I have, too. I think that could be a really fun game. It's a uh, it's a team that I think has surprised a lot of people this year. They just throttled their opponent in their last game, I think seven to one. And oh, yeah, that was the uh, that was the Goudreau game. Yeah, it was. (laughs) whoops didn't go well yeah no and his family like he's from jersey so i'm sure his entire family and his in-laws were there that's humiliating yeah anytime you hang i mean as a team that has given up seven goals twice this year uh anytime you give up seven to an opponent it's not great anytime you lose seven to one it's not it's much worse yeah that's so that should be that should be a fun one because the Oilers the Oilers are a fun team every year with McDavid with Drysital with everything that they have on that roster mm-hmm. and so those two going toe to toe is going to be fun so you have the uh, punch counter punch of uh, Bruins Rangers and uh, Oilers Devils definitely I picked the Devils uh, in Edmonton just because I think that. Both teams are pretty fast, and I think that that, you know, who doesn't love a good high pace hockey game? I think that Edmonton can really just, I don't want to say outplay any of their opponents, but definitely outskate, and it'll be interesting to see how New Jersey approaches the game, um, especially with the confidence they 
probably have after being able to score seven goals in one game. And then I want to see who Edmonton starts in net, if it's Jack Campbell or if they're going to go with Stuart Skinner. I think that they, I mean, they know that it's pretty much going to be in every other game or something like that, pretty much splitting the starts. But I don't know. I thought going into this season that Jack Campbell really had that number one goalie role. So it's, It's going to be interesting to see how this pans out for them and how that goes for the season as well as uh, the playoffs, because I think that that is that could be a real downfall for them. It it could. And it's just that would be so frustrating for that franchise, considering that we just we just got to see a series in which Mike Smith gave up goals from like three quarters of the way down the ice and. So you go out, you address the goaltending, and you think you've done it in a way that is going to take you over the top. And And so far, Campbell just hasn't done it. No, he had a nice warm welcome to Edmonton. I think he gave up four goals (sighs) at one point, like one of the first games of the season. And then he, in the first uh, Battle of Alberta earlier this month, two goals, and he was out. So... And then they started Skinner in the next game. So I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's quite the time to be Edmonton, I guess. I don't know. Just go Flames. <laughs> <laughs> just give up less goals. That's, yeah. When in doubt, just give up less goals. It worked for the Wild. It can work for the Oilers too. Exactly. And, you know, we talked about earlier uh, with the Jake Ottinger injury. The defense just, you know, might need to tighten it up a little bit more uh, when, yeah, just, just a little, especially when uh, Jack Campbell's in net, you know, I mean, he's used to playing in front of Toronto, so not that much of a difference. Whoops. Sorry, everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much is actually, no, there's been more more time in between. I was going to say pretty much the same exact Hyman, Cody CC. I don't think Jack Campbell was there. That I do not know for some reason. I don't know. Anyways, it's just former Leaf City up in Edmonton. But Seth, thank you so much for joining me today on I almost said Western Conference Wednesday, but we are no longer Western Conference (laughs) Wednesday. So tune in to Locked on Wild. Seth, plug away everything, your personal, your socials, whatever you'd like. Uh, So if you're looking for the ultimate tweeting experience during Wild Games, you're going to want to go to my personal Twitter account at Seth, T-O-U-P-S. Lots of memes, lots of funny tweets, especially when the Vikings are playing on Sundays. Uh, Then Locked on Wilds, we have some fun things that we do throughout the week, including the Locked on Lineup Challenge. Uh, Just anointed our Locked on Wild Player of the Month for the month of October. Uh, No spoilers, but um, Matt Boldy, he's so good. So you can can see all that on our uh, social accounts. And then, of course, you can follow us by just typing in Lockdown Wild on your favorite podcast platform, on YouTube, you name it, we've got it, and we're having a lot of fun with it. 
Well, thank you so much. And make sure you check out Locked on Wild after you listen to today's episode of Locked on NHL. And you can find me at Jess Belmosto on all social media platforms. And of course, Locked on Flames, wherever you'd like to listen. Your preferred listening experience and on YouTube as well. And um, yeah, go go wild. I, I hope that Marc-Andre Fleury just is able to, you know, stay stable in between yeah. the pipes. Third, third star of the week for the NHL this yeah. week. So I saw that. I'm very proud of him after his rocky start to the season. He's so, doing great now. Yes, we do love that. And you can make sure to follow along with Flowers Road to Redemption after a crummy start <laughs> at Locked On Wild. Bye, everyone.